that happens if the world goes black. You just hear a little snap when your neck rolls back. You don't bite your tongue off or foam at the lips. And before you hit the ground, there's a moment of bliss. It's like token a spliff. It's like shedding your skin. It's better than the best train wreck there's ever been. You have to let it in, as much as it's upsetting. To wake up with bruises you don't remember getting. You don't remember how the hell you ended up in. Getting back to it, I think we were right at a great um, segue point to something else I wanted to touch on, which is the recovery side of it. You had mentioned something, and this was... this. The whole lead up to the tangent was my using the analogy of of your case falling from Mars in the eyes of of the doctors and the mm -hmm. surgeons. I mean, this is shit that they probably haven't seen before. Like the like the uh, pr practitioner you were on the podcast for couldn't believe it. Like, no way, I've never seen that. Mm -hmm. um, so you're left without a map. If they don't know what they don't know, you know that's why they call it practicing medicine. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you had mentioned this early on in our conversation before we officially started the podcast, um, that you had to make kind of your own, maybe not your own rules, but at least your own game board. You had mm -hmm. to plot this out yourself. And I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Um, what were the things you discovered and what were the things you were coming up against? What were some of these roadblocks you, you came up against and, and how did you navigate through that? I, I think I've got a little bit of uh, overcoming adversity resilience gene that maybe some people don't have. Um, it can certainly be developed for people, um, oh. but I was a little bit of a step ahead, but reality is, what are you going to do? Like, you can't quit and just say, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be this way for the rest of my life. The, I mean, that's, right. that's not acceptable. Um, and I hope, you know, people don't feel like that. I'm sure some do, but uh, my wish is that people could have, you know, feed off my resiliency gene and, and use it for their own benefit. Um, nice. I, I was lucky in that my cardiologist recommended the intermittent fasting. Um, all the cardiologists in the hospital recommend intermittent fasting for their patients. And it's because Dr. Fung from the obesity code is a doctor in the same city and he does seminars to all the other doctors. Some buy Ooh. in and some don't. Right. Mine happened to buy in. They, bought in primarily for the weight loss part of it. Okay. Because the health benefits of it haven't really been fully developed. So I ended up being a moderator in a Facebook group, uh, the delayed don't deny book support group, which was started by a lady named Jen Stevens, who wrote a book called delay don't deny about intermittent fasting. And it eventually swelled up to about 335,000 members. Whoa. And I was the only male moderator. So you can imagine the questions that I got over, you know, two years, whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, so Jen is my fasting mentor. Um, this is her book. I'm not sure how well it'll show up on the screen. Fast, uh, fee fast Feast Repeat. Yeah. So this okay. is my fasting Bible. If anybody wants to take a look at intermittent fasting. That's probably the best place to start. 
And again, with the medical disclaimer, because we're not doctors, nor do we play them on TV. Right. Um, but you should really check with your appropriate medical practitioner before you dive into something like this. Cool. Primarily because it can affect your medication doses. Oh, okay. Okay. The, this is this is something I'm very, very curious about um, because I've recently gone on to the keto diet, as we were mentioning mm -hmm. earlier. And um, one of the reasons I held off about it was because there was a concern um, before we got a baseline on my metabolism and my, my levels, my liver and kidney health and things like that. Um, we were holding off because the keto diet can have adverse effects. Um, but also, um, I'm not, you can tell, I'm not the biggest guy. Weight loss is mm -hmm. not my issue. In fact, it's the reverse. Yeah. I'm trying to pack on a few more pounds, um, from. I'd happily donate to you. <laughs> <laughs> Universe, can we swap? Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it, it all came from an adverse reaction to one of my previous drugs. I've gone through nine different um, seizure medications. None of them have worked. One was one caused me to be diuretic, and I lost like almost 30 pounds. Wow. Um, yeah, it was awful. And I've gained a lot of it back, but I'm still about, still about 10 or so pounds away from my target weight. Um, so one of the main reasons we didn't immediately go over to keto was because, well, number one, I, my other neurologist was really into med medicines and not so into diet. Um, but number two was because, um, keto diets tend to make you lose weight. And so they didn't want me to lose the weight that I'd, uh, gained back. So, mm -hmm. but I'm ready for it. I, I was like, I was at a point where I was like, I don't give a shit if I go back down to 125, 130 pounds, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Fuck these drugs is, was mm -hmm. my thing. Um, but I've, I've heard, and just, that was a little bit of an, a, an aside. I know of other people who are on keto diets for their epilepsy. Um, and they're, they're pretty healthy, lean guys and they do the intermittent fasting as well. And, and so I am so glad that this is one of the topics you've brought up because I want to learn more about this. Can you just give us an overview of how this, this works, the intermittent fasting? And it's not related entirely to the keto. This can be utilized with anything, correct? Like with yes. any diet? So people tend to confuse being on a keto diet with going into ketosis. Right, right. So um, the... The fun, I guess, Jin, Jin calls intermittent fasting the health plan with a side benefit of weight loss, which is exactly what it does. So the first thing that happens when you start to intermittent fast is it gets your basal insulin levels to go down. So we, you know, people focus on how high is your blood sugar. And yes, that will go down too, but it seems that so many things in your body run off your insulin levels. And if your insulin levels are out of whack and give you insulin resistance or metabolic syndrome or whatever else is the current buzz phrase about it, so many of your other hormones are, are just off the charts and your body can't work properly. And 
when all those things, you know, your testosterone's out of whack. Um, you know, when you have head injuries, your, your sex drive can get messed up. Your testosterone will get messed up. Your adrenal glands, your ghrelin and leptin, which are your hunger and satiety signals, uh, your gut biome will get messed up. And then that sorts, all sorts of autoimmune issues. Um, so the first thing is getting your, your insulin levels down and nobody tests for insulin levels. Like you really have to argue with your doctor to, to get your fasting insulin levels tested. And okay. it, it should be common practice. So once your insulin levels start going down, other things start to, to happen. Um, people also think that most of your hormones only have one job and, and they don't, they're multifaceted. So for example, insulin is very involved in your blood pressure. And oh. if your fasting insulin levels are high, your veins and arteries harden as a result of it. Really? So they can't dilate when they need to keep your blood pressure down. They're just stuck in place. Stuck in place. And that's okay. why when you gain weight, it's not the weight per se that's causing your blood pressure to go up. It's the insulin. Aha. So, you know, everything goes hand in hand. Um, so that's, that's the first part of it. And then eventually once you're intermittent fasting, your body has to learn to switch fuels and has to go from, carbs being your primary fuel to ketones mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's the process of being in ketosis and it's a miraculous thing like it's an almost endless supply of energy your brain loves them yes i mean your brain fog clears up but once you get into a good routine of ketosis all these epigenetic processes start to happen in your body and we're just touching the surface on what these things are so my understanding again i'm not a phd in any of this uh epigenetics are all these subsystems that can run in your body if the right conditions are met and these are all meant to heal yourself and clean out your body okay so the first thing that gets talked about is something called autophagy and autophagy is a process that's always running in your body, but it can run at different speeds. And what it does is it starts to clean out all these broken uh, batches of protein that weren't used properly in your body. So they get discarded and they end up inside of cells. And they interfere with how your mitochondria produce energy for you. So your uh -huh. mitochondria are your little furnaces in your cell, and they're not working at full capacity because all this gunky extra pieces of protein are there. So the autophagy starts removing all this protein. It's sort of like pouring Drano into your, your cells and getting rid of the clog. Yeah, flushing them out. And this process does amazing things throughout the body. And, you know, the, the people in, in the fasting group 
you know, if you hear one or two people say something happened to them, it's anecdotal. Right. When you have thousands of people reporting it, it's not anecdotal anymore. So, yeah, you know, women report, group. yeah, their nails stopped tearing. You know, their skin got better. Their hair, and even though I don't have a lot left, my <laughs> hair has gone back to the original reddish orange color from when I was younger. Oh, wow. Um, you know, the uh, medical conditions clear up. Uh, people who had, you know, rheumatoid arthritis uh, report easing of the sim symptoms. I had sleep apnea. It's gone. Uh -huh. I was type 2 diabetic, which we're always told is chronic. Yeah. You'll be on drugs for the rest of your life. Within six months, I was off insulin. Holy shit. You know, um, my asthma's gone away. Um, my skin is also cleared up, if you can't tell. Rosy, um, brother. Rosy. Yeah. Um, I grew up playing hockey. It's a law in Canada. You have to. Of course. And uh, I played football. I played college rugby. At one point, I was 340 pounds. My body was pretty beat up. And there were days I struggled to get out of bed because I was so sore. I don't have an ache or pain in my body anymore. This has gotten rid of every bit of inflammation that you can imagine. And uh, my story is not uncommon. People report this all the time. Um, wow. This is amazing. And, and so intermittent fasting for you was kind of the key driver um, in the, in your recovery pit, um, process to be able to get through all of this and, and to be able to kind of own the bullshit that happened to you in the process mm -hmm. of, of dying 20 times or more. Mm -hmm. So, and you look great. I mean, you're, thank you. You're vibrant. Your, your energy levels are high. I can tell. And, uh, yeah, thank you because this is, uh, this is actually really good news for me. You know, I mean, I thought I was coming mm -hmm. into this because I'm actually in the process of a workup toward possible surgery. We're going through all the tests, the MRIs, the EEGs. Um, I've had pretty much every level one that, that we can get. And now they want to go to level two tests, which are invasive tests. The depth electrodes going into your brain to test multi-night sleep studies to try and mm -hmm. find um, scalp negative seizures are what they're called. The potential seizures going on deep inside of your brain that don't make it to the surface to be able to right. pick it up. Yeah. Um, and I'm honestly that like, let alone that I'm like, do I really want to just even go in for that fucking test? And so your stories about the surgery just scared the shit out of me, dude. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay, man. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I trust my neurosurgeon. He's a great guy. Um, and he, you know, I've decided last summer after a trip to the ER off, uh, um, from a failed trial drug, I put my foot down and decided to take the helm of my own ship. You know, my, my neuro team, they're here to trim my sails, but I'm the one driving the boat now. And so I, I, they know very clear that I am making the final decision and I will not let them put me in a corner. Um, so I, um, beyond and beside that, 
I also made the decision that I was going to, during this whole workup and everything like that, I was going to go um, in a dietary route so mm -hmm. that I could be off of all or at least as many of these um, poisons as possible. So I put myself on a keto diet. Um, and I, I worked directly with my neurologist and epileptologist, told him straight up, this is what I want to do. Again, like you said, it's the disclaimer. I'm not a professional. I'm not here to tell anyone what to do or anything. I'm just sharing my story. And anybody has, you know, things like this and they want to try out something like this, like a keto diet or intermittent fasting, do so with your doctor. Do it in conjunction and in, in, in orchestra with your doctor and let them know what's going on. Um, they may or may not approve, they may or may not like it, but you know what? The more you share with your practitioners and providers, the more evidence-based and data-driven this will become and the more accepting that they will be of it in the long term. Because if you don't share it, then they, st they won't consider it legit until they know more and more people are affected positively by it. That's how I feel. That's how my neurosurgeon feels. And so I'm dead honest with them. You know, I let them know I plan on taking mushrooms. You know, I, I am a daily cannabis smoker. This is how I smoke it, where I smoke it, when I smoke it. I take CBDs at night as an adjunct to my drugs to help me sleep. Um, I don't hide this shit and I mm -hmm. can't because the only way to legitimize it down the road for everybody and make it available for everybody is to be as open as possible and honest as possible so the doctors know that this is going to work. Okay, so I'm going to get off my soapbox now. <laughs> and um but to the keto thing and to and that was a beautiful description by the way. That that made it clearer to me than any mm -hmm. book or manual or pamphlet that the doctors have given out on how um, the keto uh, diet actually works. And you made a really good point about the feeling and the fuzz, the fuzz. I started mine, I started a transitional diet in November and gave myself some room so I could have a blowout carb party on Thanksgiving, you know, mm -hmm. the homemade pie and rolls and stuff. And then I went into a detox and spent that last week going back to um, my goal and I started in earnest um, in first week of December. So I've been keto since. It's, it's a keto, it's more of a modified Atkins in my case because for adult epileptics, that's the safer, more effective option. Keto, mm -hmm. strict keto is better for kids with epilepsy. Um, but that said, I started in earnest and as we were mentioning earlier in our conversation, I've been seizure free since December 1st. Yesterday I had an issue, but it wasn't a breakthrough, wasn't a grandma or tonic clonic, um, but I'm still proud of my progress because if, <laughs> if you look at the ratio, before December 1st, I was having breakthroughs at least once a month, once or twice a month, and I was have fo having focal seizures three or four times a week. And I mean, this is the first focal I've had, and I was aware for it too. I was able to mm -hmm. move through it. Um, it didn't hit me nearly as hard as, as previous ones had. So the efficacy in reducing um, the seizure activity and intensity has been intense and way better and more effective with much fewer, and, well, let's put it this way, no side effects. Rather than mm -hmm. give me, giving me a bunch of shitty side effects um, that make 
getting through the day near impossible. It actually is giving me a lot of improvement. I had my clarity and my focus has improved. Um, my energy is coming back. As you had mentioned, it, I'm feeling better. I went into my annual and I was worried as hell. Yeah, I used to be a heavy drinker back in my 30s and 40s. Mm -hmm. I was shit, a radio broadcaster up in Aspen and Vail. Yeah, I partied a lot. Um, <laughs> and and I like we were talking about a very active snowboarder and, and caver and rafter. And I, I've gotten a few concussions over my life. Of course, I'm worried. But I went into my doctor's and all my fluid levels, my blood levels, my tests, everything is top notch. Um, physically, I'm in excellent health. The doctors were really, really surprised at, at what did she say? Aside from my brain, everything else, I'm in, I'm in excellent shape and in much better shape in, at 50 than most guys in America at 35, 40. So, mm -hmm. and you know what? I, I started it because I was sick of the meds not working and looking for an alternative. And mm -hmm. now... I've decided that I'm going to try and keep going at this in one form or another with the help of a dietitian and my doctors because of all the other benefits that have stemmed from this. I, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing positive change in a lot of different um, ways mm -hmm. that don't relate to just my condition. So I, I want to layer on that. Um, one about the difference between the keto diet yes, and, and being in ketosis on intermittent fasting. And then I want to make up for scaring the shit out of you <laughs> with okay. uh, some neurological information we have on intermittent fasting. So um, when you're on a keto diet, you get into a lower level of ketosis. Mm -hmm. And then when you eat, you break the ketosis cycle. It doesn't, you know, it's not a immediate start stop thing, like flipping on a light switch, but okay. that's what happens. And cause you're in a cycle of, of interrupting the, the ketosis cycle. Okay. So you don't get the full, um, course of health benefits that you can when you, as opposed to when you intermittent fast, because you stay in ketosis longer and you give all these subsystems the chance to start working on the healing aspects. So I didn't lose any weight for the first three, four months when I was started fasting, but I did undergo body recomposition and healing. So I look slimmer. I don't know how the scale didn't move. Um, <laughs> that's one of these, you know, talk to a physicist about this or something, but, um, there, there are additional benefits and it's, there are papers about how being in the deeper levels of ketosis gets you much better um, health benefits than strictly doing a keto diet. Okay. Now, so can you do both? A, you do can, you know? but you don't have to when you're doing intermittent fasting because it's not a diet. Right. It's a, a timing of your eating. So ah. we don't, we don't, tell you what to eat i mean you're you know you not you but you know your big kids you can decide right. what you want to eat but your palate will change over time we find that over and over again i found that myself things that you used to enjoy you're like oh you know because your gut biome changes and as we talked before your gut biome drives 
everything. Right, right. And you've got all sorts of regional biomes, uh, microbiomes. You know, your mouth has its own biome. Your um, digestive tract, obviously, is the biggest one. Your skin has its own biome. Your armpits and your groin have their own biome. There's just like bacteria, you know, causing all these things to happen, positive or negative, all over your body. And they get really affected positively by continued intermittent fasting. That doesn't mean you have to fast for like 80 days, you know, a week, but it's being some sort of consistent with your fasting, whether it's, you know, seven days a week, five days a week, um, whatever. So I try to do two longer fasts a week. Uh Um, I don't always make it. Uh, So I try to do 40 ish hours a couple of times a week. And then I go back to my general, you know, 18 hour, 18, six or 24. So that means I'm fasting for 18 hours and I have potential eating window six, however you want to work that out. Okay. Okay. So um, there's what works for me won't work for you. Right. What works for you might not work for me. So you have to find your own, your own level. You got to kind of got to pay attention to your own body's rhythm and, and metabolism in, in, in and of itself. Um, and that, that's another thing too, is, is I find that I am better off and this is, this has to do, I don't know if it's the medicine, um, the seizures or a combination of the two is that if I eat too much food, I used to think it was just the carbs. If I overcarbed, then I'd hit a wall and have to nap. Um, mm-hmm. but it's actually, it's, it, it's not carbs in general. It's just food in general. Um, yeah. If I eat too fast, too quick, I hit the wall, and I find that I, if I snack throughout the day, I can still get my daily intake, um, but I'm not going too fast or too slow. And and so, yeah, it's it's finding your own particular rhythm. And thank you so much for the clarification as well. This is really cool on on the difference between intermittent fasting and and being on a keto type diet. And the reason keto diets. Um, and this is something too for for those um, listening that aren't familiar with why people with epilepsy t- go on these diets. Um, keto was actually developed originally for people with epilepsy because going into a ketosis, a, a mild ketosis, actually um, when the brain stops burning sugars and glucose as its main fuel and starts burning the fats, um, and I think lipids or something, but I think it's just, uh, whatever they call it, the fancy name for fats. Um, but when it does that, it actually has been proven to reduce seizure activity, um, over 70% in some, in, in about 50% of the cases. So mm-hmm. yeah. And it's very, very incredibly effective for children with epilepsy. And adults with epilepsy is again go on to the modified side. So it's not necessarily as much on, on for a health reasons that they we get put on the diets. It's it's literally like a medicine. It's a medical alternative um, for those of us who who can't take drugs. Yeah. Like to be dead honest with you, there are those days where I see like a plate of nachos or I see that beautiful looking salami sandwich or something. And I'm just dying Mm -hmm. inside because I miss 
those those kind of splurges here and there. But I know if I do that, it'd be like not taking my seizure meds for a weekend. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so unfortunately, that the reason behind it kind of sucks, and that and it does suck because like fruit high in natural sugars and natural carbs. So I can only take small bits of fruit throughout a day. I can't have like a whole apple that just be mm -hmm. overloading my system with too much sugars and then it would risk my brain switching back to burning glucose and mm -hmm. which would elevate my trigger levels massively. So that's the whole reason we get put on the diet. So it's a little bit different in that sense. But if you don't have if you don't have the same type of epilepsy that requires going on these type of diets, if you're satisfied with your with your um, medical treatment, with your with your drug treatments, if you have found an an effective combination of medicines, then I would suggest checking out what Fred's talking about here because that sounds badass. And I've become it is a, it's life changing. Yeah, I've become a huge proponent of self-care. I think most of us that survive into our fifties kind of do, don't we? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like looking back and it's like, I can't believe I'm still fucking alive. Maybe I should take better mm -hmm. care of myself so I make it to 60. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, wow. Repeatedly dead, Fred. This is, this is amazing. So the intermittent fasting has been proven to be like one of, if not the main tools for you in not only like getting through what you went through dying 20 times in a summer fuck that still blows my mind but also it sounds to me like it's carrying you through into a future that i can just tell right now you're nowhere near done with this shit um oh help, for sure yeah tell uh, so you've got a book coming the summer i died mm -hmm. 20 times again i i'm just gonna plug that out there so listeners can can be on the lookout for it when it when it publishes but what else do you have going on? I, I can just tell from the look of you, you've got something else planned. What's hidden up your sleeve? Uh, ideally, I'd like to hit the speaker circuit. And, uh -huh. you know, I think I've got, um, maybe I'll, I'll take a step back. You know, why aren't I still dead? Is there a question go. I get all the time. And, you know, being a person of some faith, uh, my answer is, well, you know, if God wanted me dead, I'd be dead. Yeah. So I'm obviously here for some reason. Um, can I tell you with 100% clarity what that is? No, but I think it's to talk to people like yourself or, you know, other people out there that are in trying situations and know that there's, there's alternatives. And, you know, you can't give up on yourself. And, you know, I could talk for hours about intermittent fasting and I'll, I'll talk about two more things and then I'll, I'll get off that soapbox. <laughs> so, um, most people think serotonin, which is our happy hormone is produced mostly in the brain. Uh -huh. Yeah. And it, and it isn't 80% of it roughly is produced in your intestinal tract. Really? And when your gut biome gets out of whack and you get leaky gut syndrome or whatever that is impaired. And so you're not going to be a happy, happy, joy, joy person when you're in that condition. I mean, obviously everybody needs different levels of serotonin, but 
that's one of the reasons we get such mental clarity after you've been fasting for a while is you've calmed down your, your leaky gut um, and your autoimmune system and you're more easily producing and using the serotonin. Wow. So this, um, wow. Okay. I love how you dropped uh, a Ren and Stimpy reference in there too. That was good. I didn't even know. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Oh, <laughs> good work, man. Good work. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing, and this is, I hope is going to balance off the scaring the shit out of you with the surgeries part. I appreciate that. Is one of the, one of the subsystems that gets activated when you're fasting is your body starts producing uh, what Dr. Mark Matson, uh, and you'll, you'll want to look up his Ted talk. So, uh, Mark, obviously M A R K, uh, Matson M A T T S O N. Okay. I was just, he, ask. he's from Johns Hopkins and he's also one of the, the godfathers of intermittent fasting. He does it himself. His research shows that you develop these neurotropic factors so these are things that start repairing your nervous system. So your brain, your nerves. Uh, really? Yeah. So it starts to heal the synapses, the connections between, you know, the dendrites and whatever the other side is called. Um, you know, uh, it boosts your neurotransmitters. It helps develop new pathways in injured brains. The autophagy gets rid of, um, some of the scarring that may occur in the brain. And we see it, the autophagy do that with scarring all over the body. I mean, women who have had C-sections and stretch marks galore say, they're gone. They're gone. The autophagy has cleared that up. Varicose veins, gone. Uh, plaques in the arteries, gone. I know my scars from my surgery are much faded compared to people who have had the same surgeries. Um, and I probably, you know, it, it's mind blowing because uh, they're not pretty, you know, that's, yeah. and they're always a reminder of how, how defective you were for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the less you see of them, the better, but it does, it does eat away at scar tissue. So this is why I, I say, the large majority of my recovery has been because of intermittent fasting, what it's done to get my brain back in gear. Hell yeah. And, and, and this doesn't, it, this doesn't sound like it's overly complicated. You don't have to go out and buy particular protein shakes or powders. You don't have to do a video. Nope. nope. All you got to do is just shut your fucking mouth for a few hours and sit back and can you drink water? You can drink water, I'm sure, right? Absolutely. We, okay. Because uh, I follow Jen's protocols. Other fasting icons have a slightly different take, but we do a clean fast. So you can drink water, uh, black tea, black coffee. No uh, bulletproof coffees, no, no fats, no amino acids, no additives, no flavors. And that makes a difference. It helps keep your insulin levels down because once you take in a flavor or some amino acids, like people want to put in that interrupts the fast and it just sets you back okay. and your body never gets to that high speed, re, uh, 
repairing zone. Gotcha. That is intriguing. Wow. Right on. So I'd, I'd recommend, you know, not that I get a percentage of this or anything, but I should, Jim. Um, <laughs> no. I, I would grab fast fees, repeat, and, and get yourself educated because there's so many different ways that you can do intermittent fasting uh-huh. and, you know, find the one that's right for you. Cool, man. Thank you. I'm going to definitely check this out. I'm also going to look at uh, Mark Matson's TED Talk as well. So mm-hmm. appreciate that. Right He's on. awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, man. I, I've learned so much. and As have I. Like, you think you know about somebody else's condition. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I thought I knew a fair bit about epilepsy, but, you know, obviously I don't know a lot about epilepsy. <laughs> Yeah. And no better way than to get it, I guess. Um, I, (laughs) (laughs) I had no clue about this. You know, my younger brother got, um, he also has it and his broke through into grandma's 25, 27 years ago. Um, so there was a gap of 25 years between his breakthrough and my breakthrough. Um, Mm -hmm. and I learned during this whole adventure um that i've actually had it as long as i can remember the the out-of-body experiences i had as a kid the little absence moments and you know the little little blanks and stuff those are petty malls present seizures and absence seizures and they arrive from a different part of the brain than the grandma seizures and the focal aware seizures do um my God, you know, you give me another two years of this shit and I'm going to probably apply for a certificate myself, become a doctor. Mm -hmm. What the hell? Yeah. And there's so many different types of seizures and it affects Mm -hmm. you in so many different ways. And one of the things I think um, that intrigues me the most, maybe even above and beyond the condition itself, which is just mind-blowingly complex and unique. um, But what I'm finding is that Beyond that, the the fallout that comes from it and and the rodeo of running through the healthcare system. And I don't know if it's in Canada any anything like coming through America. The American healthcare system is a rodeo, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. Um but the depression, the anxiety, um, the anger and borderline suicidal thoughts that come along with it and the flippant just throwing medication at you as, as the way of treatment um, and just getting lost in the system. It's mm-hmm. it, That goes above and beyond the condition, and I think it's a universal problem for anybody who's um, had to, quote-unquote, get fixed before. Right. And in, yeah, and so I, I am always intrigued and always grateful as hell to have people with other conditions uh, be able to come on and share the, share their stories because it, it goes to show that that my listeners, those people with epilepsy out there, we're not alone. The the stuff that we deal with is felt by a lot of other people who go through completely different shit. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So maybe I'm not walking exactly in your shoes, but I'm walking pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You're walking, you're walking aside me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're walking by our sides. Fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Frequently dead Fred. See, I did it again. I did it so, again. <laughs> maybe it's not the rolls off the tongue uh, moniker that I thought it was. This name was given to me by my friend Deanna. 
she would call me up and say, hey, repeatedly dead Fred, how's it going? Actually, if you think about the cadence to it mm -hmm. and the number of syllables, um, I think it rolls better, repeatedly dead Fred. Um, it's got one more, one or two more syllables in it. And if you were to look at it in, in um, a poetry or, or a uh, bar of music as a lyric, mm -hmm. I think she's right. She's a smart woman. Dead Fred. Yeah that 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 rolls that rolls better. If I was going to make a ska music a ska song out of it, <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> Repeatedly dead Fred, ladies and gentlemen. This gentleman is amazing. Um, thank you so much for your time today. Be on the lookout for his book, "The Summer I Died Twenty Times," and uh, keep your eyes out on the speaker. Um, tours I, i'm just i'm excited to see you up and about and talking to people here soon man i got my fingers crossed for you i think you're gonna Thanks. do it and me for you too Thank by you, the way man. repeatedly dead fred's also my instagram handle so okay it's a got... it's a very early on in my instagram career so uh hey look me you, up you've you've got way more content than i do and i've had an instagram handle for like five years i don't think i have one <laughs> picture on there yet okay I got to learn how though, because apparently it's, it's kind of popular now. So mm -hmm. yeah. Hey man, um, let's touch base in a little while. I want to catch you up on um, some more stuff. I'm supposed to hear from my neuro team and epileptologist in this next week on whether or not they're going to drill into my head for the depth electrodes, but I'll share that story with you. And I'll also let you know how I, how I like the fast feast and repeat. Sure. Right on, man. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you, man. Fred Rutman repeatedly dead fred you're the man thanks dude. everybody take care take care man and take care to everyone out there thanks for joining us today you know the routine drive fast take chances unexpect the expected and remember it's all in your head this is to my sick kids time to flip this shit depakote adderall riddling pixie sticks i don't give a fuck what you're riding to the setting sun use it as a weapon when it's said and done Seizure Salad Fuster Clock Epilepticus is produced and hosted by Micah Ball. Original logo and graphic designed by Alba Lopez. The song Seizure Boy, courtesy of Watsky, and used with permission. Find more great music and poetry on his website, georgewatsky.com. Follow our podcast, like our Facebook page, whatever blows your hair back, just keep listening. And join us again soon for another episode of Seizure Salad. Until then, remember to unexpect the expected. It's all in your head. Take a minute to the whip and then I'm gonna mash on gas. Cause I'll be crushing that impasse with badass syntax. Skinny motherfucker off a bucket of slim.